0: alienate and marginalize people welcome everyone welcome to the new we earth radio formerly conversations and i am thrilled to have my brother Arkand here he's an andean ceremonial leader and a devoted servant of the earth he powerfully presents us with the wisdom of his ancestors in order to address the compelling questions of our time. In his books, Deer and Thunder and The Time of the Black Jaguar, Arcan shares profound indigenous wisdom and offers us a way to stop the destruction of our planet, Pachamama, making particular emphasis on the healing of the waters. Arcan, welcome to We Earth Radio.
1: Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much.
0: Lovely to have you with us. Well, let's just start out talking about what called you to write the new book, *Deer and Thunder*. It's a lot of work putting a book together.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. When I finished my first book and published it, uh, the time of the Black Jour, people asked me, "Are you writing a second book?" And I said, "No way. Writing a book is like like building a <laughs> a, a temple. It's a lot of work." Mm. And uh, so I didn't think I was going to do it. And then the, the good thing is that we always keep learning. And when we keep learning, we keep feeling the desire to share. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I realized that my first book, I was a bit nervous. You know, I had never written or published a book. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really a writer, you know. So then I started writing some things. Things started coming to me. This second book, Dear and Thunder, I didn't think much about why I was going to write it or what I was going to write. It was more like like being pregnant. You know, it was more like I was carrying something and I had to write in order to let it come out. Mm-hmm. And at that time, when I wrote this uh, second book, Dear and Thunder, for me, it was very important not only what I wanted to say, but how I wanted to say it. I have always felt that very intellectual type of writing or reading it can be useful of course but it has a limitation. It doesn't go deep enough for me when it is just intellectual material. So I gave myself the challenge how how do, do I write a book that has a lot of feminine in it? A book that flows like water. A book that you know it's not hundred percent my strategy or what i want to communicate but something that i give birth to in a natural way and that i witness you know the its formation and, and help it a little bit without being too much in my head mm-hmm. so i really enjoyed writing this book it was a ceremony mm. it was uh when my friends asked him what are you doing he said, i'm trying to write a book in the same way I do a ceremony, uh-huh. with the same state of my being, the same feeling. So it was a great experience. And it, yeah. uh,
0: I, have to, I have to tell you, Arcan, that it really, you are really a great writer, especially being second language or third language. And it does feel that way. Reading your book is, is experiential. And I, I just want to acknowledge that 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 mm-hmm. comes through in the book and I'm so Thank grateful you. that you did write a second book. Thank you Michael. <laughs> yeah. You know, right now you're in New Mexico and I'm in Canada now, but the United States is going through quite an initiation that looks like it could escalate into even a civil war. There's so much fear and so much separation. How do you see this current unfolding with the COVID-19 and the rioting now and the alienation of people? How how do you see that and what do you see as a possibility that might arise out of this turmoil?
1: What I see is that there cannot be real transformation and real change unless we face the truth. The truth, the full truth, the naked truth is a requirement for change. Individuals change, social change, any type of change. Mm-hmm. We cannot make changes based on, on illusions or based on being really uh, ha- having the, the wrong idea of what the reality is. So right now, there is a cosmic event. The earth is going through something. That's before humans be going through something. Mm-hmm. The earth as the being that carries all the other beings here in this Pachamama, she is uh, giving birth to a new version of herself mm-hmm. and she needs to purify. She cannot take to her new version the toxicity or the illnesses or the lies that humanity unfortunately created and installed on the fabric of this earth for so long so there has to be a purification it's it has to be it's, mm-hmm. it's it is a requirement for the continuity of life so one of the elements of purification is truth and when the truth shows up and there is no makeup that can make it look different there is no people lying on tv making everybody you know uh, believe something that is not true when there is so much information available so people can make their own mind about things that the naked truth is just showing up Mm -hmm. And uh, there have been times when you know, millions of people were misled and were lied to by political leaders and they got away with it for a certain time. That's not happening now. It's not, this is not the time for that. So whoever tries to do that, it's, it's not gonna work because it's not the time for that. This is a time where nature, the earth, And the continuity of life on earth requires truth. So there can be a truthful conversation, a truthful awareness of what's really going on. So together we can make the changes. Together we can really address the problems and make the changes. So we may continue being here and stop the destruction that is really threatening the continuity of life, not only for Animal species and and forests and oceans, but also for for us for the human species, so what I see Michael happening is that that truth is screaming <laughs> truth is screaming very, very loud and and it looks chaotic at, at first because it 's destroying a lot of false truths that <laughs> People were believing for a long time, and then it's chaotic. There is resistance, there is fear. Uh, unfortunately, there is also violence around it. I, I personally don't agree with that and don't support any form of violence. I don't think it, it, it's, it's a good course of action, violence. I do understand where it comes though from, yeah. where it comes from, though.
0: I think one of the impediments to discovering truth is, first of all, the myth of separation, the lie of separation, that somehow we're individuals separate from the collective, separate from the web of life, separate from nature. And that, well, this is my truth, that I'm here like there's an individual truth. That's the first thing. The second part of that, too, is the historical truth that is in the trauma of the culture, given that just taking the United States, but not only the United States, the genocide of the native people, the use of slavery, the dropping of atomic bombs on another country, this and and supporting dictatorships and killing and genocide around the planet, this is all part of the reparation. How does the individual make their way into the recognizing the larger truth of the community and the culture of which they're a part? By thinking with the heart, Mm. thinking with
1: the mind of the spirit, Thinking with that that we all are, which is the earth, mm-hmm. thinking with all that we are, that is the sun and the stars. That that universal mind, the mind of the essential being, we all share it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we're all the same, we're all part of the same life. And we all have that. And we all can find practices and ways to have access to that mind, Mm -hmm. to that very profound mind where it's not your truth or my truth. It's just what is really going on here. here. What is here, here is what we belong to. So without a sense of belonging to something bigger than us, than ourselves, we cannot access that deeper mind that we all share. That deeper heart that we will share. Mm-hmm. Because we, if we don't belong to something bigger than ourselves that we follow, that we respect, that we take care of, then we, everyone is just an isolated person mm-hmm. running their own show, you know, doing their own little world in competition with the little world of the neighbor. And that is. Uh, I understand why you're asking a question. That is a very destructive path. You know there, that lack of unity goes really, really against ourselves, against our communities, our society, our countries. It is uh, it is ridiculous to to think about preserving our lives, e- even safety. You know, safety is a big issue in in many countries, and we want to have safety. Well it isn't safe at all to fight with your neighbor <laughs> you no know, yeah. the lack of lack of unity is totally unsafe you, we got to be friends we got to talk to each other we want we got to find what we have in common and and from that deeper truth together do the
0: work yeah yeah no it's so important and of course community is at the heart of that but just looking at the individual for a moment, with all of the ancestral trauma and cultural trauma that I mentioned, people are numb. And w- you talk about being embodied in order to receive higher fr- uh, higher vibrations or higher frequencies, but most people are are not quite fully in their body and many people can't even feel their emotions. So how do they rehabilitate their ability to connect with the larger truth and the divine um, vibration that, uh, to tune into that?
1: The, the, the most simple way, and what I'm saying to you now is ancient wisdom from Andean culture and many, many other cultures in the world. This is, you know, it's not a belief system. It's just, in some ways, even common sense. The the easiest or simplest way to do what you are saying is food. The food that we eat and the water that we drink. Mm-hmm. The The plants that grow on earth are connected to the heart of the earth, which means that... What the earth knows, the plants know. There is, a, there is an, an information that has been developed through billions of years in the heart of the earth. The plants know that. And then there is always change, cosmic change. The position of the stars changes. The position of the earth changes. Different ages, different cycles, end and new ones begin. So the sun carries that information. The sun is a star, the sun gives to the earth that information. That information is received by the leaves of the plants. The leaves of the plants are like, uh, not only like solar panels, they are like antennas. They record that information, the sun teaches the earth through the plants, how to adapt to the new times, to the changes. So it may be difficult for people to make the big decision like taking a class or start meditating or, or go to ceremonies every weekend or, you know, uh, have a teacher. Any of those things can, may be difficult. But everybody eats many times a day. So first eat the right food, you know, the food that is organic, that is farm grown, that is less processed is more uh, a carrier of that information of the earth and the universe and the sun and the stars. And when we eat that, we, it's the same as imagine that you eat the book instead of you instead of reading it right (laughs) you see so Mm -hmm. we are it's like how you're calling calling your radio show we earth you know we we are the earth Mm -hmm. we are the earth so we for us to know what the earth knows that she carries in her memory for billions of years or what the sun just told her an hour ago For us to know that, it's not a privilege, it's not something extraordinary, it's not something, wow, out of the world. It's the most simple thing. Mm. If that little plant outside knows, why wouldn't I know? What is really, really going on right now? Mm. Because everything else that we watch in the news is the product of what is really, really going on right now in the fabric of life, in the core of life on this earth. There is something happening. Yeah. And, and everyone, we, each one of us needs to know what's really happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and if everybody knows what's really happening, we cannot be lied to, we cannot be manipulated. And we can all, in a more easy way, create unity and follow the right direction because it's just the direction of life. It's not the direction of a human idea. It's where life wants to go.
0: Yeah, and and it's what's been planted. I I was working in the garden yesterday and I had these little teeny seeds. I can't remember actually which ones they were, but they were so small, I could hardly get them on the fingertip to put them (laughs) into the ground. And I was thinking, everything in the universe is in this seed right here. And all the wisdom of the world is in this little teeny, hardly seeable seed. And, and we put that in the ground, and we nourish it, and we love it. But we're also planting seeds with our words and with our actions all the time. Like you say, eating the food and understanding where it comes from and how it's connected Talk about the seeds that humans are planting every day, every minute. You talk in your book about the vibration of that we're feeding the earth and the earth is feeding us. It isn't only the earth feeding us, we also are feeding the earth with our vibration, yes? Yes.
1: Uh, I would love if you allow me to answer your question in a different way. Yes, of course. Because I find that at this moment, we, we need to recover our memory.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: No, because what, what can I give to others? How can I help others? What, what can I say to others? If I myself am an amnesiac, if I don't have enough awareness to really guide others. Mm-hmm. So there are seats within us all of us, everyone on earth, that come from very, very ancient times. There were, humanity has not always been been like this. There were times when every, every tribe, every nation in the world was very, very close to the earth, Mm -hmm. where everyone had access to the universal cosmic information in, in the earth's world if we want to put it that way. So we we had a natural wisdom. That's what we understand as being indigenous, Mm -hmm. having that natural wisdom where you don't have to read a lot of books to have it. You just, you know, you have those seeds in, in yourself. Imagine all what took to develop the existence of a human being. Mm -hmm. from the beginning of the universe until this moment. That is a lot of memory. That is a lot of very powerful, wonderful memory Mm -hmm. that made us be who we are. So I I think now what I see we are craving for, even all these protests and everything happening right now in the social movements on earth and people seeking for answers, we all want to be watered. Mm. You know, we have seeds inside that are very ancient. And this is the time when those seeds are needing to be watered. So this new being for this new time can, can start coming out.
0: Mm.
1: We, are, we are all pregnant with ourselves, like the earth is pregnant with herself, because we are the earth. So... Even if we are not here aware of it, we are craving the right nourishment, the right water. Mm -hmm. It's like, you probably heard, there are seeds in the desert, in deserts in the world that can be dormant for a hundred years because there's never water in those deserts. If they get a little drop of water, it comes out, you see? So we, we are craving for that. We have a memory that we have lost indigenous indigenous nations all over the world have tried they have done we have done our best to keep that the memory alive at least the memory of what is that we should not forget (laughs) Mm -hmm. but so much humanity has forgotten so much about its original nature its original wisdom so that memory needs to be reactivated Mm -hmm. and those seeds need to be wired again and then In a natural way, people all over the world, simple people, all of us will become wiser. Mm -hmm. And and that collective wisdom is going to help us find our way out of the crisis we are in now.
0: Yeah. In your book, Deer and Thunder, you use the word re-indigenization. And I, I love that. For me, that took me to my ancestors and how much we've lost uh, the memory of our ancestors. And when you talk about recovering the memory, I think of how do we deepen and reconnect with our ancestors and honor them through ceremony and ritual and uh, remembering the ancestors. Is, is that what you're talking about or, or is there more there that I'm missing? Yeah, that our ancestors, our ancestors
1: live within us. They're in our genes. Mm-hmm. This is genetic. We carry,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we carry those genes within ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there, are some, there is some genetic information, if we want to put it that way, some memory that was suppressed. It was suppressed. People were not allowed to be indigenous. They were called savages. They were called ignorance. They were mm-hmm. called witches, they were called sorcerers, you know, so, so a lot of our genetic memory of, of an evolution and a development of humanity that was happening in a natural way wa- was suppressed. It was like they put cement on top of that and, the, and those seeds could not sprout because there was cement on top of them. And people were really ridiculed and people were made wrong for having dreams, <laughs> yeah. you know, for yeah. having missions, for, for talking to trees, for mm-hmm. having relationship with, with mountains, for, you know, all that was made wrong. And then we, we lost our friendship, our intimate relationship with the spirits of nature who are our teachers and allies. Many of them have been here way longer than us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we were doing this together. And sadly, we were told, you know, that doing that was wrong. So a lot of that memory that was suppressed, all that cement that was top on, put on top of our ancient mm-hmm. ancestral memory is cracking. It's cracking in little, you know. Shoots,
0: yeah, are coming, coming up, through,
1: up, yeah. Through the cracks, through, through lots of people. Yeah. You don't need to be a renowned teacher or anything. Anyone can have that experience.
0: Hmm. One of the big controversies now, when I say re-indigenize ourselves, a lot of people, because they have very little connection with their own lineage and ancestrals, go to other, go to Native American or, or Andean or African cultures, and then do appropriate the ceremony without the kind of respect and honoring or even the relationship that that comes from, the lineage that it comes from. What are your thoughts about this issue around cultural appropriation?
1: Well, that's a very delicate subject which I am reflecting on Mm -hmm. very often. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I cannot claim to know all the answers about it. I can speak about my experience. The first thing I want, I want to say is if you come to me or, you know, to a place where I do indigenous ceremonies with indigenous people and, uh, and we invite you or you come in a good way and we feel good about your presence and we say, yeah, come to our ceremony, that's not appropriation. We are sharing with you. Okay, so that's not an appropriation. If you become interested in what we do or how we are or what we carry from our ancient memory and you want to know more and go deeper, then we tell you it's going to take a long time. Mm -hmm. It's going to take many, many, many years. And if you take many, many years and you keep coming and you are respectful and you are humble, you know, and, and you allow the teachers to teach you, that's not appropriation. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you only come for a weekend and then after that weekend you write a book or you start doing ceremonies that you have not learned enough and, and you start making a business out of doing those ceremonies and make a big name for yourself, that is appropriation. Mm-hmm. That is like stealing. Yeah. And that hurts us because it the p- people who do that are spraying out in the world a knowledge they don 't really have it's a distortion of the original version mm-hmm. so if someone wants to go all the way and really really learn the original version, what it really is, how deep it goes, uh, that 's fine. why not mm-hmm. you know we We need to share because Humanity is one. There's no many humanities. We are one with many different colors of skin. Mm -hmm. So, if some of us, some of our indigenous tribes and communities kept the memory alive, in my opinion, and I respect other indigenous people who do not think this way, but I do believe that we have a responsibility. If we kept alive a memory, of what it is to be a real human being, and it was lost in other parts of the world, we need to share it. Mm-hmm. We need to share it, because it's only through the recovery of that memory that we can come together again, and we can help each other, instead of being enemies or, or destroying each other with you know, uh, misusing power and crushing on each other, believing that we are different or superior or anything like that. We we have to remember that we are brothers, that we are the same. But how do we remember that? You know, if we don't share, yeah. no, there's not going to be a chance for for other nations to remember that we are the same. Yeah, that we are children of the earth.
0: One of the things you talk about in Deer and Thunder is that the elders see this as a um, shift from the from a path of competition to cooperation, which of course is about dropping into the heart. And it's also about recognizing ourselves in community. Talk a little bit about that move from the competition to the cooperation and the need to be in community, to to not be doing that just by yourself, but in a sense, being part of community. Mhm.
1: Uh, you probably know Michael the the origin of the word individual mm-hmm. no is undivided. Yes. That's what individual really means some we can only call individual someone who is not divided. To become an individual is is a long path. It's we have to integrate all of our parts and integrate ourselves with everyone else Mm -hmm. to really be, to have the right to be called individuals. And it is really funny and interesting from the point of view of an indigenous person, what the modern world calls individual for us is the opposite Mm -hmm. because in order to claim their individuality, people break up with others they remove themselves, they isolate themselves to claim their individuality. But that's, that's not an individual, that's some, someone who has become divided. Because that, that one doesn't belong any longer to, to, to their family, to their community, to the earth and to the universe. It goes like that, you know? Mm. Family, community, earth. Let's say your land, the bigger earth, the solar system, the universe, that's when you are not divided, you belong to all of it. Mm. And and the person right next to you is you. And the tree that gives you your, your fruits is you because you are not divided. It's not that and me. It's we are the same. You are not divided. So when when people have that state of consciousness, that heart where in a natural way you feel undivided you feel one with everything the natural tendency is not an ideology it's not a political system it's not communism it's just community it's life it's you know all forms of life form communities the the universe is a huge community the stars make communities the solar system is a community you know so it's not a political ideology, it's, it's nature. And so when, when a person has that developed or natural, and sometimes in indigenous nations, people have that, they are born with it. That's how people are. So you don't have to learn it because mm-hmm. that's how it is. Then the, what is, the individual is respected because everyone is different. You don't need to divide yourself, isolate yourself, remove yourself, compete with others, and be great mm-hmm. and dominate everyone else to be recognized as a great individual. You don't need to do that. The only thing you need to do is get to know what is your talent, what is your your individual gift, because we are all different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's why in many indigenous quest, uh nations or tribes or uh, communities, people do vision quest. You, why do you do vision quest? To know what is your talent? What is your, your gift? What, what is what you were born with that is going to contribute, not to you being a successful individual, to the well-being of all life. Mm. The gift is to serve. The gift is to, is to participate with your gift in the dance to dance in such a beautiful way that people say, wow, you dance so beautiful, I wanna dance with you. Mm. And not just put you on a pedestal and so everybody is just watching you dance. No, everybody's what? dancing together. And everybody's looking at each other, oh yeah, <laughs> you know? So we, we are respected as individuals because we discover our natural gift, our individual gift, and we make the best out of that gift we polish it we develop it we become as good as we can be with that gift and we give it away Mm. we give it away that's that's the ultimate the that's the ultimate satisfaction and joy of the individual gift is to give itself away to it's like like a tree that gives fruits the biggest joy of that tree is to someone comes and eat the fruits or the seeds make new trees you know so it is a very joyful beautiful way of life that communitarian way of life but we part of the colonialism part of the cement that i spoke about where Mm -hmm. indigenous mind and the indigenous heart and the natural human being was suppressed part of us was to make us believe that communitarian life means loss of freedom. Right. And I live in communitarian life. I belong to a community. I have never lost my freedom. Never, mm-hmm. completely the other way. I mean, I, I'm really free to be myself and to do what I want to do. And, but being free for me doesn't mean hurting the people around me or doing whatever i want because i belong to a community and if i hurt my community i hurt myself it hurts me mm-hmm. it, i feel pain in my heart if something that i do hurts my community mm-hmm. i'm not going to put my community in danger just because i had this great idea that i want to do this crazy thing mm-hmm. you know i'm not going to do it and choosing not to do it is part of my freedom
0: yeah yeah it's interesting, you know, it's, it's also a path from arrogance to humility. And the word humility, of course, comes from the word humus, which is earth, mm-hmm. the earth. So there's this recognizing ourself as, as part of the earth is one of the aspects of finding that place of humility. Another place, of course, is in personal relationships and I have to say, Arcan, that I, um, I love the part where you talk about your wife Marilyn in the book and the relationship between fire and water, which is a huge conversation. But I would love to talk about that, the power of relationship and recognizing the importance of the masculine fire and the feminine water. Maybe you could speak to that a little bit.
1: Yeah, if you allow me, Michael, before we go there, because that's a a different subject that I love to speak about. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I still have something more to say about the last subject. Oh, please. (laughs) The lack of of community in our modern world, of real community, Mm -hmm. where people are one, Mm -hmm. where you don't hurt your neighbor because your neighbor is you, and where you enjoy immensely being in love with everyone that is around you and you love working together, praying together, and, and that's your, the most beautiful thing in your life, yeah. and you prefer to be with them than, than watch movies because you have a better time spending time with them.
0: Yeah.
1: When you don't have that type of community life, uh, people, especially when they're little, when they're little boys, little girls, they feel that they are not being seen. Mm-hmm. They feel that they are not being loved enough because the adults are too busy in their competitions, in their seeking their personal success. So unfortunately in that type of society with lack of communitarian wisdom of real, beautiful, healthy community life, the way in which those little boys, little girls, teenagers seek attention, seek to be seen, is by going to very, very big extremes to call for attention, Mm -hmm. you know? So look for being really, really different and be respected for being super, super different as a way of calling for attention and, and and being loved. And unfortunately, what happens to that individual is that that individual becomes isolated, lonely. You know, and there is a lot of that going on today. Mm -hmm. So, even for the health of humanity, we need to restore the wisdom of communitarian life. It's very, very important. I, I mean, forgive me if my language is too strong, but I don't think we're gonna make it unless we recover that wisdom so all those kids, all, all those little ones, you know, little boys, little girls, teenagers, they, they, they feel seen, they, they feel appreciated for what they are and they don't, they don't need to look for something super extreme to call for attention. That and instead of looking for something like that, just be given the opportunity to find themselves, what the real gift is and how that gift contributes Yes. to the well-being of everyone. And that's where people find their happiness.
0: Yeah, so important. I'm really grateful that you, that you added that because one of the things that's, that's um, missing is any kind of initiation in most modern cultures, any kind of rite of passage for either men or women. And on top of that, people are so busy trying to pay the bills and the mortgage uh, or to get ahead that our children in the last generations for some time now have not gotten the love and the nourishment and the touch and the connection that they need. And one of the things about community that offers that is that you've got aunties and uncles and, and grandparents and all together together, caring so it's not just on the parents uh but it becomes i was raised in my community as opposed to by my parents so it is such an important issue and it is the the um home of all the individual soul loss or dissociated parts the traumas that so many children have um uh, endured that are still shaping them at. 40 and 50 and 60 and running countries and things like that because yeah, of that early neglect. That's exactly right. Yeah. And and uh, last thing, and then we can
1: move to, to that other question, which I love that question.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: for a long time, our communities, our indigenous people, we were accused of being silly, stupid, ignorance, because we took too much time to celebrate. Mm -hmm. There are certain cosmic times, for example, uh, the time when the earth is fertile, and, and either to plant the seeds, when the waters begin to come, the rains begin, Or when the plants are maturing and they are ready to eat. Those are very, very important times. The same that happens to the earth and to the plants, it happens to us. So that is extremely important. Mm -hmm. So we used to take a month, a month to celebrate Pugiai. And then the authorities of the republic, you know, of the modern world, they said, they, you know, this, those ignorant people, they are never going to make money. They are not productive. They are never going to, you know, to develop. They are always going to be undeveloped savages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were really wrong to say that. Because those celebrations, those community events, is when we get to know each other. because there is a lot of work involved. We have to grow food. We have to eat while we celebrate. We need a lot of items. We need to take care of a lot of things to do a good ceremony. And that's when you get to know the talents of people. That's when you get to know what someone is good for. You hear people pray, and you get to know their heart, Mm -hmm. their deepest mind, their ancient soul and being. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. You never get to know each other. And then people feel alone. People feel neglected. And then they go home and they feel lonely and they have to drink or use drugs. And, and then the cost of that, even economically, is a huge cost. You know, and all that you have to, to consume in order to fill the void of not having a rich spiritual, communitarian life, the cost of that is huge. So you have to make lots of money to pay all the, for all those things. Mm. So who is poor? The one that is satisfied with what they have or the ones who never have enough? Who
0: is poor? Right.
1: We're still being called poor. So I'm ready to answer your question unless you have something more to add.
0: Well, lots to add, but I'm I'm (laughs) just really enjoying the conversation and I appreciate your clarification on that last point. It's something I think we could spend an entire hour talking about more than half The uh, people in the United States, or I think it's North America, their relationships end in divorce. And in terms of getting along, there's no greater learning place to find our triggers and our edges and grow from them than in a relationship. You spoke so eloquently in the book about your relationship with your wife, Marilyn, that I would love to hear some of the things that you've learned from honoring both the masculine fire and the feminine water in each other.
1: Yeah, well, this is very connected to what we were speaking about before, uh, belonging to a community, belonging to your land, belonging to the earth, belonging to the universe. Uh, We also belong to our marriage. We also belong to our relationship, let's say. You don't have to necessarily be married, but you know, we, we think that the relationship belongs to us, like so many things belong to us. And if I don't like it, then I'll get another one or a better one, mm-hmm. you know? But, but once we create that container for the union of two complement beings we belong to that container and we we belong to our home and we are the caretakers of it so in in, uh, Andean wisdom ancient Andean wisdom there is a principle called Yanantin Mm -hmm. the principle of Yanantin is Uh, It's, you know, we don't need to compare which principle is more important than another, but we often put that one first. You know, yanantin is the principle of the complement of two that are different. Mm -hmm. Masintin is another word. That's the complement of two that are equal, that are the same. But yanantin is the complement of two that are different, and that is the power to generate life is very, very essential and powerful for the continuity of life, the health of life, the reproduction of life, this sacred power, this universal power called Yanantin. So Yanantin pretty much means with my complement, with something with its complement, Yanantin. Yana means black, so it, in that way, it could be with the one that, with my shadow, with the other side, with uh, the light and the black. Mm-hmm. Could be that. But yana also, the yana kuna are the servants. Yana is also a word related to serve. So yananting could be translated as something like with what I serve or, or with what serves me. Either way, mm-hmm. the complement of two one serves the other. It is essential. Without the yanantin, I'm, I can't have the power to generate mm-hmm. anything real. You know, it's uh, everyone who creates, everyone who develops
0: something has a yanantin. In a book, I was really taken by this Antine, and I seem to remember you saying about the union of opposites, so not only in relationship, but kind of that third place where we're in opposite opposition, and there's almost a third being there that is that union. Is that the correct way of seeing that? Yeah,
1: yeah, the third being is what originally, when answering this question, I refer to what we belong to. Yes right the The third one is the product of the union of those two mm-hmm. that is the fruit, and we belong to that yeah. we why because we have to take care of it
0: mm.
1: we belong to it 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 will you know it's like people say, "I have a dog, but it's not that way you know you belong to the dog, mm-hmm. you have to take care of your dog <laughs> <laughs> if you go out of of you know out of town, you have to make sure someone takes care of your dog. <laughs> we belong to that which we create or that we, that becomes a fruit of our life. So in relation to the feminine and the masculine is one of the ways to see Yanantin. Mm-hmm. Fire and water is another Yanantin. Earth and sky is a Yanantin. And you, you name it. I mean, you can find so many versions of opposites that are complementary
0: yeah
1: and uh, one of them is men and women and in general of course this is not a black and white thing because there are women that are more masculine or men that are more feminine but in most cases we see that the water is is more carried by the female it is an, is an, it's an element that where I'm talking now the, the water of the river, the water of the spring, the water of the uterus, mm. the milk of the, the breast that feeds the, the babies. Uh, just in case that a very strong rain, like a thunderstorm with a strong rain, that's, that's male water in how we see it. Mm. You know? so, So there is also male fire, male, female fire, male water, female water. But in general, if we have the Yanantin men, women, in general, with exceptions, uh, women would go on the side of water in the, the feminine side and men would go on the masculine side, the side of fire. So something that I a message that I wanted to transmit in, in this book Dear and Thunder that many people have told me that, that for them it was an important message is that humanity became run by by the male, by men mostly, and 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 there was too much fire. You, you mentioned throwing an atomic bomb on, on another nation. Yeah. You have to have your fire completely out of control and way too big to do something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, who, whoever decided to do that didn't have the Yanantin, it was just fire. He didn't have the complement of water to tell that to that fire, hey, don't do that. <laughs> you know, you're putting yourself out of balance. War. It's a lot of fire and the history of humanity in the last couple centuries is so, especially the history of Europe, war after war after war after war, fire, 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 boom, 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 fire everyone, fire, fire. It's still happening. Too much fire. They don't go water, water, water. If they would go water, water, then they would be watering life. They would be watering women, they will be watering children, they will be watering everyone. They will be watering the seeds of our memory. Mm-hmm. So we could become the real human beings that we are. Too much fire, it got out of control. So what, what is going on on earth? The earth is being dried up in some way, you know. The places on earth that used to have water, they don't have it anymore. You know, I know that in general, the amount of water doesn't change. But there are places that are having too much heat, global warming, too much heat. So the same thing that is happening on earth, an excess of fire and the waters being evaporated is happening in relationships. The ones who carry the masculine energy are allowing themselves, they feel permitted, because the culture permits it, to be way too strong, too authoritarian, too, too much, you know, without feeling the voice of the water saying, hey, stop, you are evaporating me, you know? And, and you cannot live without me. When, you know, I give you life. We have to help each other. So that's happening on the land and it's happening in partnerships, in couples. We, humanity, by losing its indigenous mind and indigenous heart, forgot how to balance the water and the fire. No, there, there are the tendency is to have too much fire. Even, I say this with all respect, and you know, my wife gives me permission to say this, even, in order to regain their power in society. And that's completely and totally understandable and I 100% support women fighting for their rights and being equal to men in their rights. Of course, women are not equal to men, but equal rights. Unfortunately, they have no choice but to increase their fire because that's what works in, in modern society. But there is a sacrifice there. You you increase your fire, you reduce your water. You reduce your femininity. And how can the world exist without the feminine power? And, And why we are all trying, saying, including women, that fire and that type of power is better than water or that type of power. Water is another type of power. Feminine power is not like masculine power. And it is sacred very sacred, very beautiful. But it's different, it's different. And it has lost its, uh, it's, it's, not, it's no long, it no longer has a place in the world. It no longer is uh, something that, only in some spiritual groups, you know, water is being seen as something sacred like that. It's, it's all about fire and power and who is in control, who is in charge, who has the authority who has the biggest
0: flame, you know? Arkan, talk a little bit about the flow and the curves that you talk about in your book. And that was so beautiful. And I really got an experience of what you're talking about when you, when you shared that way uh, and how it was different than the fire.
1: Yeah. Uh, in, in modern times, because of how the, the, the mind changed. The indigenous mind got lost, the modern mind. Uh, I don't know why, but it really likes straight lines. Mm-hmm. You know, and and someone with a lot of fire says we want to go from point A to point B in the fastest and most economic way, because in point B we have a lot of things to to for to make a lot of money. <laughs> so who, they bulldoze from point A to po- point B, and they make this channel you know if water falls in that channel water becomes destructive water that runs in a straight line for too long Mm -hmm. you know it it becomes destructive because it, it will gather too much strength and then that water that was put in that type of container that's not the right container for water straight lines are not the right container for water it will bulldoze. It will destroy everything. It will. It will be a catastrophe. Then that water will become dangerous water. Water needs curves. Water needs to find its way through curves. It needs to go slower. It needs to uh, also stay warmer by doing that. You know. And uh, and the, in the modern world, you know, everybody wants <laughs> to go too fast. And curves are not so appealing, you know? But curves are so feminine. That's, that's, you know, one of the beauties, beauty of everything you see that is feminine in nature, in women, in, in mothers, in grandmothers, is those curves, you know? It's a, and I'm just using the image, but it's so beautiful. And why is that not sacred? Why is that not seen as beautiful? Why is that seen as slow? You know, why do we have to be fast? Why we don't respect the natural flow, the natural rhythm? We, we need to have that respect again. All of us, men and women, we all have to respect the natural way in which water wants to move. Mm. And, and that will help us in, in a big way recover our, our wisdom, slow down. And what is happening now with the virus, you know, it's, it's something terrible. You know, I, my prayer, first of all, goes to the doctors and the nurses and the people who are in the hospitals, the people who are afraid or the people who are dying or those who have relatives that have died. I pray for them. I, I really wish this would have never had to happen, you know, but it is happening. And in some way, if we look around, it is giving us the opportunity to slow down, to remember the curve, to respect the curve, to not cut through with a knife or with a strong fire, but respect the curve. Take your time. You know, some people on the other hand are having longer lives. Because if you have longer days, Right, you have thirty longer days. You live longer than if you have thirty days where every day went really fast.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so, beautiful. Yeah, so beautiful. So
1: We're having longer lives now.
0: You know, sometimes people ask me, as a as a spiritual teacher or um, uh, monk or whatever uh, in my own life, people say, "Well, you know." how what about spiritual awakening how do i get there and and i always say spiritual awake people think that spiritual awakening is the journey from here to there but it's actually the journey from there to here and that slowing down process is exactly what we need to tap into the ancestors and the history and mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful for the wisdom that you're sharing with us today and we're, we're out of time, but um, I just uh, wanna mention again, your newest book, Deer and Thunder, Indigenous Ways of Restoring the World. Such really a gift to have you on and to share your accumulated wisdom of yourself and your ancestors and your lineage and, and just to honor all of that. Uh, and of course, to honor your wife. And uh, I think you have four girls, don't you? Four children? Yep. Yeah, yeah, to honor you are surrounded by water. <laughs> yeah,
1: that is my compliment, and that's what yeah. helps me not get carried away by my fire. I have a lot of fire. Yeah. So I need these five women in my life to <laughs> balance me. <laughs> they saved me, you know? Yeah. So uh, I really respect them and honor them and thank them for being my compliment and my balance. and. Mm. And I have to, so much to learn from water. Water is the biggest teacher. Yeah. The biggest surprise every day is what water does. Mm. Every day I learn something new.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Thank, thank you, people. Arkan. It's yeah. just a delight to be with you. And, uh, and thank you all for listening to, mm-hmm. uh, to us today. Many blessings. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Michael. Conversations is an independently produced program supported by KVMR 89.5 Nevada City and listener contributions. We are committed to bringing you leading-edge thinking in the areas of environmental restoration, social justice, and spiritual fulfillment. If you would like to receive our complimentary newsletter, The Well of Light, make a contribution, or order any of our past shows, go to our website at arewelistening.net.